to Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I'm your other host, Lepa. And today we're covering season four, episode seven, Minefields. And there are a lot of them in this episode. Oh, yes. Ones we're tripping over every day. Uh, Netflix synopsis, Daniel invites Anthony to join Miyagi-Do and discovers he doesn't know his son as well as he thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miguel learns the truth about Johnny and Carmen. This is such a perfect soap opera-esque Right, the truth about them. Yeah. Um, I will say that as the originators of Anthony Watch, this was a bonanza of an episode. So much Anthony in this episode. Like, and if you are a Cobra Kai content creator and you too had your own version of Anthony Watch, we want to hear from you. Right. How many people have been waiting for an Anthony-focused episode? Like when we got... I've been waiting for one since episode two of this entire series. I have to say, when the the very first scene, it opens to the middle school, and we see Anthony kind of talking about high school lit, or he was talking about Beowulf and freaking Animal Farm. Yeah. Did you ever think, in season one, that we would get a scene of Anthony talking about Beowulf? Dreams do come true. I mean, this is like, oh man, so, it's so weird and so surreal, um... So yeah, we find out in this early scene, Leah, um, who is again the object of everyone's affections at this middle school, little middle school alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the cool girl. She's like so cool that she's like, she's kind of friends with Anthony. She's friends with uh, with Kenny. She's friends with everybody. Yeah. Um, we were debating in season one if Anthony had any friends or hobbies. Um, and we found out that him and Allie, used, or Allie, I just call her Allie, Leah used to hang out. Yeah. They used to be little, like, grade school friends. I guess they haven't hung out that much recently, and he's trying to, like, you know, now that she's, like, the new hotness in middle school, he wants to, to make something happen. Um, the other thing I noticed is that, uh, we, we've mentioned this before, but that little JTT-looking, or Justin Timberlake-looking kid that is actively bullying Anthony. He, like, he's always around, and he's always, like, pushing Anthony. But he's, like, like, Anthony's friend. Like I guess. Anthony has a crew of very uh, multiracial but crew of friends. But I wouldn't say he's the leader of this crew. In fact, I, I no. think it's leaderless. I think they just actively encourage each other to, to be the worst. Yeah. Like, actually, I'm going to say it. I actually like Anthony. I like his scenes. And I like oh, his... Oh, I think he's, he's really good in this season. Yeah. Um, and... It's more, it's actually like, as we'll see later on, uh, we're, we're kind of on his side for much of the episode. Totally. And it was just super weird. Um, because it's like, yeah, objectively speaking, he's a jerk and all that. But like, uh, his crew of multiracial friends, um, they don't seem like, they seem like they are one step away from being bullied themselves and even self-defense have decided to become bullies. I will die on this hill. That Justin Timberlake looking kid, I would have beat on him right. every day. He looks like the kind of kid who like, probably got the the shit bullied out of him yesterday and has decided like the way that he's going to cope with this is being like and Anthony's bigger than him so I, I yeah. think it's like it's making the point I think that Anthony is not a natural bully like say a Kyler and so even though he's he could probably beat up the Justin Timberlake looking kid he's choosing not to well I mean because it's like ultimately they are a friend group he and like this curly haired kid and the two other guys but they seem to bust Anthony's balls a lot like you know when um He's talking to Leah and suggesting they hang out. She says that she would love to hang out as friends. And then when he returns to his friend group, like they're basically just busting his balls. Like you loser, she just wants to hang out as friends. Is plausible? Yes, for a middle school. Yes, one thousand percent. I want young, don't you think? I feel like this is like a high school plot. Oh, to hit on a girl? No, to like tease someone about like that guy stole your girl. I actually think that is like so. I, I feel like. They're like nine or ten or something, dude. They're like thirteen. Um, I don't know anymore. It's middle school. They're they about to go to high school because they turned that high school. They're thirteen, and it is so plausible that it's like Anthony's motivation in this episode is like you see a couple th- times when like Leah mentions like, uh, "Oh, Kenny, he's so funny. He's gonna come with us to the fair. He's so great." Maybe there's a little jealousy between like Anthony about that, but you can see it's like. It's really not so much as, like, they're competing for, like, the love of Leah so much as that Anthony doesn't want to look like uh, a loser in front of his friends. Like, they, you're right. I'm not sure who the leader of this this lame pack is, but there's a kind of jostling that takes place that's, like, this is so, like, a perfect 13-year-old drama where it's, like, it's not so much about, like, a girl. It's about, like, 
his friends busting his balls and like like calling him a loser, calling him Lapusso, which uh, you know, and and him like getting aggrieved by that, which seems to me like so realistic for like being this age and being a group of like prepubescent guys, yeah, none of whom seem I'm gonna say it that cool. So they're all probably very insecure and constantly trying to like you know one up each other to to like get some ground, right? Yeah, um, and do we want to talk about him? Stealing Kenny's clothes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's in the very first scene where, like, you see that he reacts to, like, part of it is my is maybe being jealous that, like, Leah and Kenny seem like they're on good terms, but part of it is, is I think, just his friends, like, just, you know, making fun of him. He steals Kenny's clothes, his Cobra Kai sweatshirt and such, and, like, runs out of the locker room with it. Kenny makes a weird choice... Well, eh, it probably was like in the spur of the moment. He runs outside, and so then he's outside the locker room in his underwear, and everybody's laughing yeah, at him. Yeah, I felt like I was in a sitcom or something. It's like, why wouldn't you stay inside the locker room, kid? Well, maybe he was just hoping he would get him in time. I don't know. I've yeah. never, I've never been in that exact situation. I don't know how I'd react, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is all like, yeah, I don't know. I, you're still kind of on Kenny's side, um, although I felt like. You can see glimmers of, of a Darth Kenny oh, yeah. in that early scene. I mean, you saw them before I did, because like, I, I was just like, you know, Kenny's like the sweet kid. He's like, you know, he's like a Miguel-type kid who you're just like, you're rooting for. Um, you saw glimmers of darkness before I did, more power to you. But like, the weird thing about this whole thing is that, okay, well, I guess, I guess we should get to the Daniel and Anthony plot, and then I'll, I'll get to like my okay. personal Daniel take on this. Anthony. We've had precious few scenes between father and son. Right. But you know what? It's actually not uh, totally surprising given that the show is all about missing dads. Yes. Um, Even when your dad's there, he can be missing. Not really um, there emotionally. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Daniel finds a Cobra Kai sweatshirt in, and immediately, I love that this is like his, his trigger to show interest in his son's life. Yeah, right. Like, he wants to know immediately why he has it, and... I have to say, Anthony is a really swell liar. Like, he is I'm so good. I'm so impressed that he just has the right sort of, um, I don't know. He has the right tone. It. Like, he has, like, he's per- pitch perfect. It's like you watch Sam try to do this shit and see her fail every time. And then you watch Anthony and you're like, this is a master class. He's like, yeah, you know, he knows exactly how to play it. He's like, no, this kid's actually been kind of bullying me at school. And Daniel immediately is like, because Daniel... Look, I know we're hard on Daniel, but Daniel applies a Daniel-centric lens to everything that ever happens. He's going to force karate on him, He's like gonna, he does with everyone else. Right. He's like, obviously, Cobra Kai is bullying my son, and so he must learn karate, and that is the way, because that is exactly what happened to me, and etc. Yeah. Um, so Daniel, Daniel Daniels it up, and you get to see, finally, oh my god, Anthony at the dojo. I know, and I feel like he's probably like... What has he been doing all this time? Has right? he been banned from the dojo, you think? Like, yeah, has he never been invited? Daniel acts like, okay, I'm going to finally introduce you to this. Like, I can I can picture maybe off screen, maybe Anthony wandered back there a few times in previous seasons, you know, when he was shorter and pudgier. pudgier and he was just like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Um, this is sacred. Can't you see we don't want you here? This is sacred ground. And all of the kids are just like shocked. They're like, you have... You have a son? You have a son. <laughs> Why do you adopt so many fake sons then? Why? Um, yeah. Question. Um, and it, I don't know. It's, it really made me feel for, for Anthony because it can't be that exciting to see Daniel's dojo, to be honest. It's just a rock and some... There's like a koi pond. There's a koi pond. Yeah, sure. It's just, it's not that impressive. But, you know, Anthony's like, this is the first... You can feel it... Like blossoming under the first rays of parental attention, right? You know, he has never had it before, and all he had to do was fake being bullied by Cobra Kai, and, and he's got those, a little of it. Yeah, and it's like, hey, if lying gets me some parental attention, why not? It's a it's a survival mechanism. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Daniel basically, well, he tries to put it in terms like it's just like a video game, man. You start out and you're on the like, I, I he's trying to do. This is his worship of like, being a good father. Like, I'm trying to relate to you, boy. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, they have the energy of acquaintances, though, right? Yeah, he doesn't know this like, kid, it, kid it at is, all. It, 
interesting, but I don't know how they pull that off. But like you see Daniel and Sam, and you can sort of sense their warmth. I'm almost wondering if like they method acted this, where they like put the the kid who plays Anthony like in a box somewhere, and, right? Like, raised him apart, right? And it's like, see how you relate to the strange man who brings you to this dojo. And of course, Daniel is like. We're going to Miyagi this shit. Here's a bunch of cars with bird shit on it. You're going to clean them. Um, and that's the first lesson. Um, How's that go? Well, uh, Anthony hires a task rabbit because he's a smart kid. It's so great. Yeah. And, of course, Daniel Daniel catches this guy who's just like, hey, we all got to do stuff we don't want to do. I got to pay for my cat's hernia surgery. Right. But What's his story, man? The weird thing is, like, yeah, Anthony worked smart. He didn't work hard. And I'm just confused because... I don't think Daniel knows what the lesson is. Daniel's just trying to recreate a memory. Right. Daniel's always trying to recreate a memory. What is super... Yeah, okay, I'll get to the thing that strikes me is like, this is so crazy, is that everything, like, if you summarize the plot of this episode and of Anthony in general throughout the series, like, you'd be like, no, this kid seems like the worst. I don't know exactly why. Maybe it's the acting or something, but, like, I was weird, like... Despite him being, like, a piece of shit and, like, a bully and everything like that, you're very much, like, you like Anthony. Or I like Anthony. Yeah, and I think that's, maybe that's because we we throw so, so much shit. It might be Daniel. a and, reaction to how we sometimes feel about Daniel. It might just be, like, the kid strikes I, me as smart. Because I think for all the shit we talk about Daniel, this facet of his personality is maybe the worst one. Yeah. Like, he's tiresome about Miyagi, but his neglect of Anthony... And, you know, the fact he's maybe directly responsible for him. Like, I don't see Anthony hanging out with Justin Timberlake lookalike unless he was forced to. You know? Yeah. Unless he felt like he had no other choice. I mean, yeah, like, I kind of feel like, look, there's a lot of things that personally, like, Anthony's like the younger child. And as I'm going to reveal something personal about us. We're both, like, younger siblings. God damn it. And there's, like, I don't know why, but, like, something about it is, like, perfectly encapsulated in that, like, his dad has, like, a different relationship with his sister. He's, like, this kid, and, like, you find out later when, like, Daniel, like, pontificates about Mr. Miyagi, and, and Dan- uh, Anthony says what we've always all thought all along. I don't care. Oh, my God. The entire... Oh. Yeah, we stood up in that stadium. We cheered. We, cheered. we were like, yep. All you ever do is talk about Miyagi. Yeah, stop it. I don't care. And, like, you know, later there's a a more touching scene where, like, Anthony's looking at Miyagi memorabilia. And, you know, he's... I wish Kumiko had said this. I wish... I hope to God that Daniel hears this from everyone. Dear God, no one cares. Stop it. Miyagi, the ghost of Miyagi's like, just fucking stop it. that scene, really, is Daniel's like, just go back to your video games. Yeah, and it's like... It's very much like... Daniel doesn't, like, see his... Like, in the same way that he kind of thinks of Sam as a mini-me... I don't think he ever saw Anthony at all because Anthony is not particularly like him. But, like, the moment he starts bonding with Anthony is the moment when he's like, oh, my God, Anthony's just like me, bullied by Cobra Kai. He needs to learn karate to solve his life. And but he can't stand the idea that maybe Anthony is a different person. It's kind of a revolutionary concept that a parent still has a duty and obligation to love their child even if they don't turn out at all like themselves or someone lovable. and. You know what? Yeah, and the weird thing is that, like, yeah, again, I credit it to acting or something, but, like, you, you like, Anthony, when he hires the Task Rabbit, you're kind of like, yeah, dude, that's, that's kinda get around this. Um, and, like, you, he also kind of reveals, like, when he is looking at Miyagi memorabilia and, like, Daniel talks to him a little bit nicely, like, that Miyagi is, like, this patron saint to this family, but, like, like Anthony as the younger child like never knew him like I like that yeah. they reveal that Anthony kicked Miyagi in the face I know and I'm wondering if we're if this is where all that hatred stems from is from Daniel saw that as an assault against and against my sense yeah original sin right Anthony was never gonna come back from that man Anthony seems so fucking happy though that Daniel is like That's sharing a memory of Miyagi with him and you realize like this doesn't happen huh yeah and it's you know that it's gonna come to a close like it Anthony knows he's on very delicate territory yeah. here, and so he's just like he's kind of yes manning um, Daniel. And you <laughs> know, this might be what I liked about Anthony that, like, in contrast to say season one Robbie, like season one Robbie, yes, season one Robbie, your dad sucks. I get it. Like Johnny's not a good dad to you, but like Robbie's kind of always like fuck you, dad. Whereas like Anthony, he knows his dad doesn't love him, 
And he knows that his dad just like you know doesn't know him or care. But he kind of just like he he doesn't seem like upset about it. He's more just like I can work with this. It's yeah, fine. like there's only X many years until college. Also, as an aside, I'll say for car salesman, Daniel's not selling the philosophy of Miyagi-Do particularly well. He's just like, uh, you know, clean up these random cars that are covered in shit. By the way, Anthony makes a Jackson Pollock reference. And I'm just like, he's talking about Beowulf. Do we feel like like Anthony has a whole internal life? Yes, I do. Maybe nobody else knows. I mean, we've reduced him to this like you know angsty gamer, just like Daniel, perhaps. Right, just like Daniel, but, but he know, doesn't he actually might, strike me as an angsty gamer. He might be a sensitive poet. Like I think he likes video games, but I also think he is probably well read and intelligent. And again, super weird because it's not like Anthony acts like a super great person in this episode. It's just and mind the, you, yeah. What personality has Sam shown? I mean, what did she do to earn his love? Yeah, she was also actually a bully to her so-called friend Aisha. She was also, like, when the one day she was grounded in her entire life, you know, she was, like, complaining about not having her phone. So yep. she's also addicted to the screen. Totally. Yeah, I just get the feeling that, like, Aunt, like, Daniel will give her a pass for everything because early on, like, she stood on Miyagi's boat without losing her balance. I don't know. Yeah, something. as a child, she didn't kick Miyagi in the face. Right? Something like that. And then, so you see, like, you're weirdly, like, very much on Anthony's side, even though he is, like, such a twerp. You're, like, you respect the twerpiness. You, you, you're, like, you know, yeah. I would be, too. I'd like to think I would be, too. Yeah. No, I'm a total people pleaser. I would be, like, waxing those cars. But, like, no, I expect that Anthony does what I couldn't do. I would have walked off the job. <laughs> I'll find a new family. Fine. But, because um, uh, it's all connected. Like, we do see um, Anthony's back in school. He has not really learned much more karate. But, um, you know, when his friends call him Lapusso, I-, I think there's, like, a sense that He's a little mad that he doesn't know karate. Like, his friends expect him to pull Miyagi shit out, and he just doesn't have any because his dad doesn't care. But as we've also talked about, like, it is incredibly hard to live in the LaRusso household and not know karate or not be forced into karate. And so the fact that he hasn't been is just even more evidence. It's right. like when Robbie finally was in that soup kitchen and he came to the conclusion that, like, Johnny just refuses to be there for him, like, in any moment. Um... And so he's just like, yeah, I, I don't know karate. It's because my dad hates me. He doesn't really... Yeah, and it's like... I think until now, like, you got the impression that, like, Daniel was begging him to learn and he was saying no, but, like, this is literally the first day he's ever been brought to the damn dojo. Yeah, come on. No. Daniel doesn't love him. Um, so you get the sense that he's, like... You know, he feels bad about that, that his dad never, like, really cared about teaching him this thing that was so important to him. And then... uh Kenny calls him Lapusso a few times. Um, and he's also being, like, ragged on by his friends because, like, Leah is basically like, we'll do our friend hang out at a fair and Kenny will be there. Kenny's great. You'll love him, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's just, like, nicely done. Like, the, the lead-up to Anthony being a bully, like, I like it because it's not... It's not over the top. like, And it's also kind of balanced by, you know, Darth Kenny, glimmers of him. Ooh, like, glimmers here. You can see that he's, like, getting amped up. Yeah, like, he, he goads uh, Anthony, like, like, you know, he calls him Lapusso, this very, like, good whisper. Um, go, you know, good good bullying, Kenny. You're, you're really getting it. But, um, yeah, like, uh, he you don't, like, get the sense that, like, oh, man, Anthony's a bully because he was never loved. Or, not, nothing, like, crazy like that, but you just understand, like, you, you know, all right, I get it. He's like, his own social position is not that, that strong, and so he's doing the thing. So let's get to this uh, this interesting school library. <laughs> How would you describe this? Is like Die movie? Hard in a Library. It was like a shot like a horror movie. It was, so, it was pretty well done, yeah. Yeah, so I guess Kenny lures... Uh, yeah, he calls him Little Pusso and then runs down the hall. And this group of Anthony and his friends who were like, as like... We've mentioned it before, but they're like the most pathetic bullies of all time. Like you just look at them running, and you're like, Why no one would so run from fun these to people. See them get beat up on. I don't know. But I don't know. I mean, because they're bullies, Kenny's I guess. Like but running around like he's like the Flash, and you know he's just throwing punches and kicks, and he like kicks that poor little Asian kid into like that a poor little Asian kid is a bully, Nina. Um, oh, I mean, I think we've kind one of, of many like, Asians to bully exactly, this kid. Like, how can this? Like, it's the feeder school. Like. Tyler and all of his, like, younger siblings. Right. Um, and then, like, 
the curly-haired kid and, like, the African-American kid, they all get taken out one by one, exactly like Bruce Willis would, you know, in, in this dark school library. And just as he's about to, like, land a blow... Anthony, by the way, trips over a bookshelf. Um, that's yeah. why he's on the ground. Uh, zero karate. And honestly, I don't think Miyagi-Do would have helped him. I'll just say that. Yeah. No, I mean, what's he going to do? Like, wax on I'm, against I'm the bookshelf? Glad I'm glad he didn't wash those cards. <laughs> But just as he's about as he's about to to like launch a blow against Anthony Laposo, um, I guess the school librarian comes in, and the next time we see him, like it's the Larusso's being called in to talk to like the principal, and like Anthony and Kenny are like waiting outside of the office. Um, what do you think? Like I I was surprised that this went how it went. Um, you mean the fact that they're shocked that that Anthony turned out to be a bully? Well, just that like I kind of thought like for, the first time we watched it, I was like. Oh, man, is Kenny's going to get, like, blamed for this and everything. But, like, of course, when the LaRussos come in, like, the school apparently has, like, meticulous video records of a lot of the interactions that Kenny has had with these kids. And they're like, no, LaRussos, you're, like, you know, they come in all, like, our son was bullied, the the perpetrators need to be punished, and, like, the principal is like, no, LaRussos, tis your son that is the bully. It's very weird, because there's so many questions for this middle school. Like, one, if you had footage... Why didn't you do something why before? Why didn't you do something? <laughs> Seriously valid question. And then I can, I can, you know, maybe if it was, like, a really... Wait, wait, I got, I got an explanation. Okay. They have cameras... But nobody actually reviews this footage. Come on. Who's going to sit down and yeah, review I mean, the footage? I, I think they're trying to say, you know, that when Robbie trained Kenny and he said, you know, use your strengths. And so he's, like, quick and he's clever. And so he knows, like, the best way to get back at Anthony if, you know, he can maybe kick their butt in the school library, but then, you know, get him in trouble. Do you think that get he knew that, like, all along that there was video I don't, footage? I, I mean, I don't think he knew. No. That chess master no Kenny. No, no, no. Um, I, I mean, I think he'd be like, that's kind of fucked up. You saw me getting bullied for, like, Yeah, right? Two it's months. like, they literally, like, the principal plays a clip of, like, the milk coming out of Kenny's locker. And it's just like, imagine, why didn't you do something then? I can imagine this happening in, like, in jail. You know? And, like, the warden's <laughs> like, yeah, we saw you get knifed in the shower. It's it's no big deal. Yeah, right? it happens, man. Like, we'll, we'll use this footage if we need something. If we need something later, yeah. <laughs> so I like, I mean, if that's what they're trying to say, like, this entire messed up middle school slash high school is like, no one's in charge, really. <laughs> they only start reviewing the video records when, like, some like a weird diehard fight happens in the library. Yeah, but maybe, you know, Kenny, perhaps instructed by his older brother, was like, yo, you go to a messed up high school, and the only way you're going to get back at this kid is if you catch him in the act. Mm. And so, you know, at that point, he it looks like they're in a fight. And they get busted by the librarian. And yes, when they pull these ancient when records... When they pull the footage, um, it reveals something different. Um, yeah, I mean, Kenny seems pretty pleased about how all this worked out, which... This is when you saw Darth Kenny. I was just more like, yeah, kid, man, totally. Finally, like, your your enemy, Lapusso, gets his comeuppance. Why not? Let's just say that I'm able to suss out dark energy. Like, like speaks to like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Nina was pretty much exactly like this in high school. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty rough on me. Mostly. Oh man, um, good times. Um. But yeah, like so obviously Daniel's whole world is shattered. You get to see the fallout in the next episode. Yeah, it's actually good. what I like about this is that like we we really like Amanda obviously, and I think she's shown a lot of growth. But I think it's so great that you know as much as we like Amanda, they're she's not, not a saying, great mom. They're not, yeah, they're not saying that it's just Daniel's problem. Anthony was just cursed, like, from the start. His, his parents, and I mean both of them, don't really love him, and it's, yeah, it, that has an effect, and not like, it's interesting, He la- the way he's lashing out is like, really, he just wants to be left to do his own thing. He's not and even we, demanding his parents' love. He predicted far darker things. Totally, completely. Start, right? Like, in season one, we said he was going to basically, like, We thought he'd be a school shooter or something. I Instead, mean, he's, he's just, like, a very... school, so, like, give him a couple years. Right. Like, he's on a path right now that if he doesn't have an intervention... And I think we got, we got a, we can do mini mailbag, maybe? But somebody did write in to us um, about who would be Anthony's mentor. What did they say? I can't remember. They said Chosen. Ha! Okay, yes. Thank sure. you for your email. Yes, that would be awesome. 
And we can talk more about that, but I think he needs a mentor. In this point, I think it doesn't even matter who. In this show, everyone needs a mentor of some sort. And And sadly, because it is this show, I don't think it'll be like any out of any genuine concern for his well-being. These kids are pawns. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, that gets to my my actual favorite mentorship relationship of the season. Yeah. Robbie and Kenny. Yep. Man, like it is to me. I'm like. As a Robbie hater for so long, oh god, I'm going to be like a total Daniel stan next season. Just watch. I have no consistency anymore. But it is just such a delight to watch him with Kenny. And like when Kenny's all mad because like, you know, you got his his clothes stolen and he's like at karate practice and he's pissed and he's like, I want to show them. I want to beat them. I'm going to be like you, Robbie. I'm going to like do what you would do. And I love it. Robbie is like, kid, I got kicked out of school and sent to juvie. Be smarter than me. Be smarter than your brother. And I'm just like, Robbie's actually the best sensei on this show. I know, it's revolutionary. Right? I don't know what to do, Nina. What the hell? <laughs> ah. It all came with the hair. And, oh. and, um, and this will naturally get at, like, the, uh, the Silver Crease dilemma in the show, but, like, they have this little, like, sensei competition where they each pick a champion and their champions fight. Um, and... At one point, like, Silver, or Kreese picks Robbie and Silver picks uh, Kenny to fight each other. And it's great, because it's like, there's this little thing where they're fighting each other, and, like, Kenny gets a little hurt, and, and Robbie's like, oh, shit, are you okay? And then when they go back to their corners, Silver's like, you gotta, like, use your opponent's weakness. And, uh, or, yeah, that's what Silver says to Kenny, and then, like, Kreese is just like, finish him! And... So uh, Robbie, like, is fighting Kenny for the second round, and Kenny, like, kind of pretends to be more injured than he is, using Robbie's weakness, which is him, against him. Robbie, despite having been told by Kreese, like, show no mercy, go for it, unlike, say, Johnny, or, like, any of, like, the other Kreese disciples, he doesn't actually listen to Kreese. He cares more about, like, Kenny than he does about, like, obeying Kreese. Maybe they course corrected, but we were really afraid that, you know, Robo Robbie was kind of under the spell of Crease. But I think we've seen from these, like, initial six episodes, seven episodes, Robbie, the reason we like him so much is because he's broken free. Yeah. He's finally, like, he's over the bullshit. He's over karate in some sense. He wants to win the tournament and then... For some reason, but which is not, so weird. But not um, really even falling for, for Silver's bullshit no. either. His actually... this It's so great. It's such a subversion, which is like the thing... I like the show best when it does this, where it's like, he doesn't fall for Kreese's bullshit. He doesn't fall for Silver's bullshit. His main, if you want to call it a weakness in this season, the main thing that he cares about is actually Kenny. So it's like... I think it's very telling that like when Kenny acts injured... Robbie doesn't care that Kreese told him to like show no mercy. He's like, Kenny, are you okay? And that's when like Kenny Did sweeps Did you notice him. that Kenny swept the leg? Yeah, I noticed that. Oh my oh. god. So perfect, right? right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know exactly from the get-go, this is like, this is what Robbie actually cares about. And, which is actually very sweet. And, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do we want to get at the the crease silver? Well, we got, we got it. It just, yeah. it just flows, Nina. So, I mean, let's start with the kind of, you see... We saw a little bit of Crease Silver tension in a couple couple episodes ago, but I feel like this is a scene where Crease is actively like Crease is the one who suggests the bet. You know, Silver is just like has been kind of playing it cool. Well, yeah, and- Silver is just like use your opponent's weakness against you. Everyone has one, and Tori says something like Cynthia Crease doesn't suck up, and like <laughs> Terry Silver is like, of course he does. Everyone has one, which is like a very reasonable thing to say if you ask me. You know, for someone playing it cool and like not showing all his cards, he says a lot of things that I and we we have seen the entire season, so maybe that's on us. But I feel like everything he says is like heavy foreshadowing and not particularly subtle. So like you know, Crease is like. What, what, what was that? What did you say about me having a weakness? And it's like, if you're trying to be, like, playing it cool and, and putting one over on your enemy, you wouldn't say things like, let your partner know when you're weak, and then, you know, keep it to yourself. It's like, okay, guys. Well, I mean, I actually, like, the first time around we were watching it, like, so the arc of the episode is, like, yeah, you get, like, Crease being really offended for some reason that, like, anyone would suggest that he ever had such a thing as a weakness, and then they have this competition where they're, like, pitting students against each other, and, like, the winner gets a, a six-pack or some bullshit. Like, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then when Silver ends up winning because, like, of the, the whole Robbie, um, 
shit, Robbie, Kenny, like, thing. Like, Kreese is so offended. And, like, basically, like, when he gives the damn six-pack to Silver, he uses it as a way to be, like... Oh, yeah, the war flashbacks. Oh, God, like, yeah. You remember when a soldier stepped out of line and then, like, <laughs> tried to go ahead of his commanding officer and then got blown up by a mine? That's you, man. It's, yeah, he accuses Silver of jumping rank. Which is insane. He says so many hilarious things. We don't have the luxury of forgetting. <laughs> yeah, and, and just, like, Silver's just like, why are you bringing this up? But, yeah, he's... He's basically like, and remember when we were in the cage? You'd still be there if it wasn't me. You What's interesting, I, I felt like this is very sad because either Kreese never really respected their friendship or always looked down at Silver, or maybe it's like one of those unequal friendships where it's only revered if everyone plays their role. And interestingly enough, Kreese says, um, we should know what happens when someone doesn't follow the leader. And I was like... You threw your commanding officer into a snake right? pit. Yeah, that happened, Chris. That happened. So my all right, we watched the season or we watched this episode now two times, and we've seen the entire season. So oh, whatever, spoiler alert or whatever. I'm not gonna like go too much into we it. We confessed already. Um, but I was a little confused the first time I watched this because like Silver seems immediately so contrite. Like I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. And I was a little bit like. Silver, come on, why are, you, why are you, like, rolling over like a bitch, right? Like, um, later, since we watched it the second time just now, um, when Silver's talking about weaknesses, he's, like, very much, like, what your opponent is thinking is key. Make your opponent think what you want them to think. So, like, obviously, in retrospect, I'm like, Silver wasn't really rolling over. Also, mind you, you know, at this point, Kreese is the only one who has that snake tattoo, uh, Silver got his removed. Yeah, right? So Silver's free of Kreese. Silver's cre- Yeah, so, like, well, at the first time, I'm like, why is... What What the hell, man, Silver? Like, you, you're a smart dude. Why are you, like, actually backing down? Now I'm like, no, Silver knew what he was doing. Silver's, like, in retrospect, like, not that inconsistent a character, if you think about it that way. Like, he's, he's like, thinking one step ahead. Kreese is a crazy inconsistent character who's, like, all over the place. No, it's just a man that's not in touch with, with his emotions. But, like... I mean, he's sometimes he's, like, a very cool and collected character, but, like, it's so odd that he's, like, he's so very offended. Like, what was what did Silver do in this episode to, like, set him off the thing by is, saying that he had a weakness, as every human being does? The thing is, Kreese is driven by the same kind of venal human impulses as the rest of us, you know? He's scared of losing ground and losing respect and losing face in front of his students, but he wants to make it into this grander war metaphor because that's who Kreese is. Mm. Kreese is essentially a drifter. Uh, <laughs> although I will say I loved seeing the resurgence of his turquoise ring came back. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's good that he's keeping up the fashion. Um, but, you know, essentially he doesn't have much. He has this dojo and he has to eke out an existence there and fight for his bit of positionality. Silver has nothing to prove here. Yeah, know? Silver's just having fun. He's, He's probably back on the coke. He's blowing, you know, Dynatox money on new outfits. And... I, I imagine so, and like cool Cobra Kai gear and shit. But um, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's true. Like Kreese is clearly like. It's weird that like, why did you bring Silver on if you were going to be like weirdly offended by every single thing that Silver ever said to your student? You know what I mean? Like it's no, odd. But everyone, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, not to draw too fine a. A parallel between like Eli and, and Dimitri, but you know there there are those kind of friendship drifts or changes when it's locked into a dynamic, and the dynamic was Crease saved you know you saved my life mm-hmm. and I owe you for the rest of time. Crease was very happy with that. Yeah, he liked that. Yeah, and then now he's like, well, this dojo which I stole from my former student <laughs> is kind of all I got. Yeah, and my lessons don't really make any sense. They really don't. But you know, the way you put it, okay, yeah, I guess that I guess that makes more sense if you think of Crease like that, as opposed to the sort of like the uh, the QuickBooks like expert and in saboteurship. I mean, I want to see QuickBooks. Uh, uh, Crease come back because I don't know if he and, and Terry Silver can his, exist I together. Think his self-esteem has taken a real blow this season, and you know the light's gone out of his eyes, the filler's gone out of his lips. And I want to see him make a comeback and realize he's smart. You know, he could get Amanda if you just put a little effort in. I know you just got just Amanda's teetering on the edge. Amanda's ready. Okay? Just try. I also wrote. Go back to that farmers Wouldn't market. Would be amazing 
if we found out that like Amanda accidentally like ran over Miyagi and that's how he died. Oh my god. I mean, it, I think that would end their marriage. Like, well, just yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's afraid of even talking about her whatever beating up a car or whatever with the math tutor. I mean, so she's willing to hide stuff like that. I'm seeing her backstory goes a lot longer and she's like I can't talk about that one rainy night when, right. when an old man crossed the street and I didn't see, or maybe she did. She was tired she of She just didn't eye. want to think that she... Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that too. There's a lot of noir plots in this that she could happen. She wanted to purge that old man from their lives <sighs> any way possible. I mean, okay, I have a new... I have an even more crackpot theory. There's no way. Listeners, I know you think that Nina's the one who has, like, the crackpot Terry Silver's the father of everyone theories, but, like, look, I've got an even better one. So we've mentioned, like, a couple episodes ago, the Daniels never really talked about or really reconciled the fact that, like, in Karate Kid 3, Miyagi was not a good sensei to him. Miyagi kind of left him out to dry. The circumstances not under Miyagi's control, or not under Daniel's control, he was forced to fight in this tournament essentially for his life, and Miyagi refused to train him for a very long time, right? But he's never dealt with that anger. He's never really <laughs> talked about it. So I'm wondering, maybe actually it came out one day and he killed Miyagi oh and God. has been suppressing that memory ever that's, since. That's even more amazing. Right? Oh my God. Yeah, who won the batshit competition? It was me. It's me. Oh my God. Maybe it's like Death on the Nile, <laughs> where Miyagi walks into a darkened dojo, and Daniel has like a dissociative episode, mm-hmm. and Amanda and him are just stabbing Miyagi. Yep. And no one remembers what happened the next day. Just there's blood Is everywhere. that how Death on the Nile goes? I don't know. It's one of those Agatha Christie things where... Either you just spoil Death on the Nile, or you just made up an entire murder plot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> God, the memes we can generate out of this... Noir plot. Listeners, guys. come on. This this is pretty plausible, yeah? Like, season eight, nine, this is probably going to be what... We what, can't walk this back. This yeah. is the darkest we've ever gone. <laughs> um, I guess, uh... Shoot, are we missing anything? We've talked gosh, about... I'm really... Oh, Miguel and Johnny! Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We, we, went, we don't have as many conspiracy theories there, so... We but... went to some places. Um, okay, so Miguel and Johnny. So, <laughs> Miguel... Uh, so, he his scene opens with looking for a water bottle. Ugh. <sighs> And God, it just ends in sweet chaos. summer child. Yeah, um, and he finds Johnny's headband in his mom's room. And again, we've talked about how how could he possibly miss the fact that his mom was dating Johnny? Like Johnny's over there every single day. Although, but then I think about it, Miguel knows like I'm kind of the main attraction here. Yeah, you know? right. Like. Like, Miguel knows if it was a choice between, like, being his surrogate of, father and banging his mom, it would actually be just being his surrogate father. So he's like, And you, you know, know what? It's like, it's such a damning, um, I don't know, L- looking at Carmen and Johnny sitting on that couch and, like, we've mentioned, what do they talk about? And once again, they're like, how do we break it to Miguel? And I just thought, Jesus, you guys need to find a new topic because Miguel takes it fine. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that although Miguel, like, I, I mean, we've talked about this. I think that his character doesn't have a huge arc anymore, but, like, he's, like, a good, well-defined character, because you can almost, like, I feel like you can guess how he will react to most things, just because it's, like, you know who Miguel is. You know he's gonna be, like, I guess it's kind of weird, but also it's okay if it makes you guys happy, right? And, like, that's that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's also, like, feels like he's preternaturally 25. Like, he's skipped. He's, he's a mature kid, and he's, he's not, like, 1,000%, like, comfortable but like he's like all right um meanwhile it's like uh, carmen who's not a very well-drawn character it's like you never know what she's gonna like react to scene by scene yeah and yeah actually this shows up later um so they they decide to have a family dinner also maybe we should talk about the eagle fang training yeah sequence. which is okay. which is fun for different reasons um i mean the eagle fang training sequence and again they're training in some abandoned warehouse somewhere god knows black how. mold in the corner black mold in the corner um like, the, like, Miguel and Johnny-wise, like, basically, like, instead of having Miguel, like, train hard with the rest of them, like, actually Miguel was looking forward to, instead he's like, Miguel, you be my co-sensei, you gotta rest up for, like, the, um, like, the tournament. But what I really did like is that Devin Lee, the debater chick that Johnny recruited in the, um, in the previous episode is there, and she and Johnny have, like, what did you think? Sometimes, uh... I mean, I, I just think Johnny is a 
the actor um, blanking on his name, but he plays it so like refreshing and like you know he's he automatically loves it. She's watched Bloodsport and all of these other things, so it's just nice to see Johnny happy. And you know we've talked about like Miguel doesn't seem to need him as much, yeah. And so he just wants someone. He's just always looking to find someone to mentor. And unfortunately, it will never be Penis Breath. Um, no. So even though Penis Breath has seen Last Dragon, yeah, it's it's just interesting it's like he has like six students many of whom have been with him since like season two right and they're never going to get that kind of one-on-one um training and also he notably he makes miguel kind of sit out of of the stuff i think it's interesting he says it's because it's beginner stuff but do you think it was actually like out of concern that he would hurt himself maybe i mean because they do end up like kicking everybody in the balls well like, yeah i mean like a nice thing I'm is that I'm glad Miguel was spared that, but yeah, poor penis uh, breath. Nice little callback because it's like Devin kicking everyone in the balls is obviously a reference to like in a season one episode. Like Johnny notices that like all his students, who are all of course like you know nerds and stuff, like they flinch anytime they think they're gonna get hit in the face. So he has like Aisha like line them up and punch every single one of them in a, in the face, and that's like I think Johnny's version of chivalry. Like he's like, if you're the girl, you get to kick everybody in the balls or punch everybody in the face. And then it, belatedly, he asks if they have a cup, which they don't. They don't. But yeah, I, I found like I liked the Devin Lee character a lot. I'm excited if to see like her and Johnny as a pair because Miguel can't be his his ingenue student forever, and like she seems like. I don't know. Like, despite, like, having, like, two scenes, like, I like her. She's, like, just, I don't know. She seems like a, like a, an, an interesting breath of fresh air, like a weird aggro nerd. And, yeah. yeah. And, like, Johnny clearly takes to her quite nicely, so that's cool. But, like, yeah, the whole, Miguel is, uh, it feels very awkward by the whole encounter. And also because he gets spared that, you know, brutalizing. And he's uh, so sad about that for some reason. Yeah, because yeah. he just wants to belong. And yeah. of course, Penis Breath is like, throws it in his face along with Bert. I would too. Yeah, yeah um, for getting special treatment. And then um, Johnny comes to his high school. Well, the, uh, first you have like the, um, the dinner scene with him and Carmen. Oh, right. So what I noted about this dinner scene is, again, uh, the reason that Carmen and Johnny can't be a united front is that they hardly know how to relate to each other. Carmen has no consistent character. Like I said, you can't... You don't know how she's going to react scene by scene because it's being invented on the fly. So it's like, Miguel comes home and Johnny's like, kind of like... Uh, he's, he's late for dinner. And, you know, Johnny's like, hey, don't take it easy on him. And then Carmen is like offended. And then he, you know, tries to be stern with Miguel. And then Carmen looks offended. And then he tells Miguel, like, oh, you were Sam? Always wear protection. And Carmen looks offended. I don't know. It's like... No, I like that because... Uh... The first couple seasons set up Johnny as a karate instructor, but these are the seasons where he's like, I need to learn how to be a dad, if, especially since I'm falling into this role formally, you know, as mm-hmm. Carmen's partner. Um, so, yeah, you get that kind of... And again, it, it's just striking that he feels like he's definitely too late for for doing that with Robbie. Oh, yeah. Like, it, the conversation... So, you know, Miguel, like, quite rightfully, Miguel might be the most mature kid in the world, but, like, everybody has their limits, and after this, like, this weird, like, family dinner scene, he's like, I'm just over this. Forget it. This is weird. So he leaves. And so when Johnny's, like, trying to make it right, he comes to the high school, and he steals Miguel away to play hooky at the, the, the weird factory that they, they practice at. And they're, like, eating watermelon and, like, on, and, and talking. And, like, it's, it's very good. I don't know. Like, just Miguel and Johnny scenes, like, when they're, like, really, like, when they get real, they're always, like, really good. And when he's just, like... Look, never had a male role model. I had a shit stepfather, and I had my own father who, like, walked out, and I had Crease. And he was like, I put all of my bullshit on Robbie, and I can't fix that. And I've always thought that was, like, yeah. Yeah, and now, I mean, as much as we'd love to see who Johnny's dad is, maybe this show is just not going to play to the, the fans' crazy theories. My theories, You're, You mean, by fans, you mean just you, right? <laughs> maybe we're just never going to see the Chosen dads. is not Johnny's father, my God! Genetics um, can be a weird thing. Is it that? <laughs> it's terrifying to think of Chosen as a father. But anyway, uh, maybe the little Asian kid is Chosen Kumiko's child. I don't know. Which little Asian kid? One of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought it was a really touching scene. And I think, um, yeah, just the fact that he's... When do you felt like 
when did you feel like he completely let go of Robbie? Was it end of season, the last season? Actually, if I have to be, like, real honest, like, okay. In season one, in, like, episode, I swear to God, two you or three. You mean when he was writing that letter that never got finished? Yeah, and I never held it against him the way that you did, but, like, <laughs> in, like, episode... all that shit. Episode two or three or something, like, really early on, like, there's this moment where, like, you know, Miguel's mom has been like, you stay away from my son, he's getting beat up in school, right? And, like, and Robbie's been like, fuck you, dad, stay away from me. And then you, and, like, uh, I think Robbie's mom is like, it's too late, Johnny, you can't fix things, right? All that happens. And at the end of the episode, you see him show up at a door, and you've got, like, just, you know, camera on Johnny. And he's like, I know I don't deserve a second chance, but, like, I want, like, I want one and I'll do my best. And you're not sure who he's talking to, but he's talking to Miguel's mom about being able to take on Miguel. And I have never been, perhaps I should be harder on Johnny. Like, you know, he's, he's a way shittier father than, than Daniel is and all that. But, like, I honestly think that there was a moment where he was like, it is too late to fix things with Robbie. Like, the best I can do is try to do right by this other kid because it's like I fucked up way too early on with Robbie, which I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what the good thing is to do. Like, if, is it to keep trying, even though like your son probably has no good memories of you or is it to just no, let him go? No, it's important to either acknowledge that you'll never love your kid and move on with your life and let them move on with theirs or actually commit. I hate the false starts. I think that's really damaging. Mm. And I think like, for example, if we ever see Daniel reckon with the fact that, you know, he's neglected Anthony, then he has a choice to make. You can't just resurrect love that doesn't exist. You know, you either have it's to beautiful, like, Nina. you have to like lock yourself in a room and force yourself to love your kid, right. you know? Or he has to be like, you know what? I'm just going to give you like a million dollars, send you to a Swiss boarding school, just let you maybe go. with Chosen as your mentor, <laughs> and you know, hope it works out. I like the spinoff that you've designed right now. I have um, a lot of spinoffs going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I get the feeling that like it's not so much. It really is. I think with Robbie, like it's it's not you, it's me. It's like you know, once you fucked up that much with one bit. person, maybe you should just sort of like be like, I'm just going to like not. But he's also he's he's also like 17. Yeah, he's really young. And so that's what I think makes it all the more unforgivable. Just kind of like Anthony's, what, 13. And essentially just watching that scene with him and Daniel and like he's just like, go back to your games. He's written the kid off. Yeah. And he's 13. So I think it's, that's what made it all the more shocking for me. Like he's not talking to a 40 year old guy that he just like looked up on ancestry.com or something, you know? This is true. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, there's definitely the sense in the scene that he's like, look, Robbie, I, I fucked up with Robbie. I'm trying not to fuck up with you. Miguel very much appreciates it and is just like crying a little bit when he's like, you know, I like you being my sensei. I, my heart melted. I don't know. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Miguel has really like grown as an actor. He's always good, but I think, yeah, he, but he also seems like so much more older and mature than like season one Miguel. Yeah. And so I mean, he's grown a lot like as, you know. But his, I mean, in comparison to the other kids on the show. Yeah. And so that's what weirdly makes him sort of out of place. Indeed, in he season. seems almost like, he seems like, like too adult. He seems like he had his first semester in college and he's visiting his whole high school pal. Right, and he's like, like why are you guys so worked up about like this even stuff? Even seeing him in a scene with Sam, it's just like, why are you two together? And, you know, we do see hints of, like, kind of them maybe not having their relationship, maybe not lasting past graduation, but that's a I very... already see that. Like, he's grown past all of the set pieces in his you know, life. I often just accuse you of providing crackpot theories about everything, but... That because Amanda ran him over? <laughs> Jesus. But that, I mean, this is why. But also, like, that's, like, an incredibly good point. Like, I hadn't really put my finger on it, but, like, there is something odd where, like, everybody else is very, like, wrapped up in the dojo drama and, like, you know, the way that say Sam reacts to the two dojos, Eagle Fang and Miyagi-Do breaking up, where she's like, how could you do this, Dad? And Miguel is just like, there's something almost world-weary about it, where he's like, I wish you weren't doing this, but okay. You know, and it's like, yeah. he seems much older than everybody else, even though I think, like, I, he, the actor's not that much older, but maybe he's just, like I said, maybe his arc is, like, really, like, just arced. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I don't think we need, you know, he's, he's still a great character, but... We will never get the additional backstories of these other characters and come to care about them if we don't kind of like put them on the back burner yeah. for a bit. I mean, it's the same way that I think you said that maybe it was in the previous uh, podcast episode we recorded, but like you're not going to see Daniel have an arc 
while Johnny's still arcing, I think. Like, mm-hmm. you almost need to put him a little bit in, as a tertiary character to, like, see that kind of, like, crazy dark night of the soul for Daniel. In the same way, you're not going to really, like, feel penis breast pain until you sort of, like... Season 17. It is his season. Penis breath has really been just there and, like, showing up every day. He gets sand thrown in his eyes. Oh, yeah. That that was actually pretty great. That's not even, like, getting kicked in the balls was just, like, part one of the penis breath journey. And I don't know why he keeps showing up. Like, he's not even getting Miyagi-Do's, like, excellent snacks or whatever. Yeah, there's no koi pond. Um, Just... Like that that's true. That close to the other students. What he and Bert are like, you know. Are they? I don't know. I mean, they've been together a long time, man. Um <laughs> they they've been through a lot of stuff together. Maybe that's the friendship we'll explore, you know, next season. I hope like. so. I mean, I actually I one thing I'll say, um you know how I get really delighted every time there's like an extra who shows up multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like I like that like you know even though Penis Breath you don't know tons about him. I like that like you know him, like you've seen him a bunch. I, it kind of bugs me, like in both Miyagi Do and Eagle Fang and Cobra Kai, that there's like a bunch of people who are just like, I guess they're the same extras, but like they never say anything and they have no names. They're just there to like stand as backup, and that's just kind of odd to me. Like, yeah, I mean, again, maybe we'll you know get multiple seasons that are like laying the groundwork. But oh man, um, we had to wait. Freaking four and a half seasons to get an Anthony episode. That's true. That's a lot. Maybe it's just that we need to speak it into existence. Like, but uh, <laughs> showrunners, I want to know that like, that kid who's always like five feet to the left of Samantha. What's his deal? He's gonna murder everyone. <laughs> Dark man. Um, um, I think we did it, Nina. I think that is the episode. Okay, yes. Okay. Um, all right. So we're gonna go straight into rankings. This is shocking. Yeah, all right. I'm going to do it. Okay. Anthony episode, bitch. 4.5 out of 5 Task Rabbits. That's good. Um, I'm going to say... I really like this episode, but... Hmm. Have we ever given anything a 5? I don't know. I'll give it a 4. Uh, 4 out of 5 uh, turquoise rings. <laughs> Course. Of course. I gotta bring back my boy Crease, because you know what? I as much as I love silver, it's a little painful watching watching Crease just get edged out. Well, I mean, without that filler, he's just less of a man. The than happiest he used to we be. saw him in this episode was when he saw that Dynatox merch. Sorry, not the Dynatox merch. <laughs> the Cobra Kai merch. Funded merch. Oh man. It's good merch. It really is. Yes. By the way, folks. Um, we did find an excellent fan video about Dynatox, and we posted it to the Twitter account, so do check it out. Really well made. I would like to, and I, I voiced this to Nina before, but, you know, we're not the kind of podcast that does many fancy things, but I would like one of our episodes to be an interview with the maker of this awesome Dynatox video. If that's you, please You are so amazing. I mean, that the craft that went into that, I would vote for Dynatox. I know, it was like an Enron ad. Something <laughs> so well done, um, and that's the kind of Terry Silver we come to expect, right? <laughs> um, okay, we ready to close it out. I mean, I guess we could strike first, strike hard, no, no mercy. mercy.